Well, Jay, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little cooped up here. It's time. Uh, it's time for a move. I think get some uh, some space, some bigger yard, that kind of thing. What do you think? You are really gonna move, but like that's like that's a big deal. Like you can't do it that. It is a big deal. You're, you're scared to even leave your living room. <laughs> it's a. It seem what seems like a big deal moving isn't when you use the right people. You can use these sell your own home situations where you're you're bartering with a guy in your driveway for 45 minutes and you end up selling for $3 or you can use a professional that makes moving actually simple. Who are we going to use? But the problem is obviously Tom, but my worry is like you're so far, you're in Orleans. Tom will come to Orleans, he'll go to Russell, he'll go to Clarence Creek, he'll go to west of the Westie Village, wherever it is out there. <laughs> he'll go anywhere for you and make that experience that you were talking about of nervous or a lot of work, make it seem like nothing. Bastion and Ferguson will literally smooth out the easiest move of your life. Wow, even in Orleans, I just can't get over that. Yeah, once you hit 10th line, 11th line, 14th line, he's still coming. He's driving in his brand new Dodge Caravan, carries his family around in, will sell your home. That's what I'm looking for, an easy ride with Bastion and Ferguson. Look them up, he's gonna sell you quick and easy. Stephen O'Kane, did you read Judy Bloom books when you were a kid? No. Don't oh. know what Judy Bloom is. And I'm rattled because you've been going J first every show, and I'm so happy I got first. <laughs> I'm, so true. I'm, I'm rattled. I'm a little disappointed because of the lack of Judy Bloom. Jay, do you know who Judy Bloom is? My, my daughter has read like most of her books. Yeah. That okay. tells you anything. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, <laughs> did you read Archie comics as a kid? Uh, not really, but my kids are obsessed with it right now. Wow. So are yeah. my new ones or Patrice like old, old ones? Patricia did. And like she reads them up until now, like almost every night. Like, like she loves them. So she That's did. Fantastic. Our kids, trade, our kids trade Archie's, my kids and Jay's kids. Yes. Wow. True story. All right, I just opened up like this window to uh, to a new life. I love how it. Left, how left out do you feel? All the way. I'm gonna go. I'm right. I'm writing true. down by Archie's for Christmas. That's what's happening <laughs> right now. Welcome to show number fifteen, milestone. I said milestone earlier, fifteen, and then uh, Aaron, my wife's. Uh, I hear from the kitchen, fifteen is not a milestone. So what is a milestone? 
is a milestone 10, 25, 50, 100. Are those like milestone shows? I would say 25, 50, 100, not 10. Not 10? No. Still. 25, 50, 100. Yeah. Jay? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah you don't do it. You don't do it like a 15th wedding, wedding anniversary party. Yeah. Unless, like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. You know what you do? the do. plans, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing from the Philippines yet. We have not heard anything from our listener in the Philippines. If you can hear me, please send us a message, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We want to hear from you. If you're a listener in any country outside of Canada and the USA, and we don't know you, message us. We want to hear from people wherever they're coming from. Steve, what countries do we have? We've got, a, we've got Singapore, Hong Kong, Brazil. I want to know who's in Brazil. Like, that's incredible. So if you're in a different country and you don't know us previously, send us a message. We want to hear from you. <clears throat> okay. So with that said, the last time we were together, we spoke of the best derbies in the world. Now, we've heard quite a bit from the listeners, so thank you to, to the listeners about um, their opinions. And I'm going to fire off a couple here that we have missed. So, should I say the names of the listeners? Yeah, it's yeah, open. Why not? I'm going to start with Jay Bindi, who said Fenerbahce Galatasaray, which is a, a legendary one. I can't believe we missed that. Yeah, that's huge. Turkish, they're nuts there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played on September 17th, drew nil-nil. Oh, wow. So that's that. Walker Smith, Carlton Laurentian, which, Jay, uh, you were there one year. I don't know if you played Laurentian, but... No, was... but I played Laurentian when I was at Brock in a friendly, and Chris Withers did not play in goal. He played out as striker, and I had to, like, mark him sometimes. It was the weirdest moment of my life. I'm like, why are... What, what's happening? Because Chris, Chris Withers is a keeper. Most listeners will know him. Um, and I was like, what's happening? And we drew 1-1. I was like, how did we not beat them? Chris Withers was playing out. Yeah, they, they weren't as good as they were Yeah, before. well, Carlton Laurentian ones from the 80s and 90s were, like, yeah. devastating. But once the 2000s hit, Laurentian faded, and it was, yeah. it was Carlton Queens. And Anyway, yeah, yeah so uh, Sean Holmes, past guest, chimed in with a Carlton versus Algonquin Alumni Cup, which uh, that's always fun, having that huge rivalry with those two schools. Like, as much as sometimes, you know, Carl and say Algonquin, say Algonquin says this sucked. Like two powerhouse, like college university teams yeah. in one city with like strong alumni. Like, how lucky are we in Ottawa to have both those? That's insane. Can I talk about the last one? Because yeah. um, Tim, what's his last name, Steve? Tim. One Jung? No. Yeah, <laughs> I just put you on. No, the I was spot th I was thinking of Paul. Paul. I was thinking of Paul. Uh... Yeah, no, it's Tim. He a fantastic Wakembe, player. Wakembe, Wakembe. Yeah. Oh, he's sick. So, he's yeah. so good. He's so good. And so it was like 79th minute. Louis missed a penalty, like the second penalty or something. Like we're down by one. He gets on a like a transition. He's on a counterattack. I just take him down, like any way possible. Of course, he gets up. He, the softest, cutest, tummy-rubbing headbutt on my head, like, just, like, rubs it perfectly. Like, 
he gets sent off. I get a yellow. Referee, Hussein. Everybody in the world knows this referee in Ottawa. He totally screws that one up. Tim loses it, rightfully so. We end up going to, uh, chances are after, that both teams, both schools are there. And I send him over a ginger ale for him and his son. And like, I like, I apologize. It was like the most awkward thing, but it's like, he, he took it very well. He laughed and he was, he was so mad. Wow. But if he had a knife in his hand, he would stab me right in the throat. Done. <laughs> I remember it. It was, criminal, it was criminal to Carlton that you didn't get sent off. Like and his headbutt was like, he like leaned on you and sort of fell asleep. And yes. rubbed you. Like, yes. It was yes. nothing. It was like a very, I guess the act of it deserves a red, but it was, so, and then the Carlton yeah. guys, like people we know, like oh, Peter, Joey yeah. Quinn, people we know, like we're yeah. friends were like, lost it on you <laughs> yeah. it was good it was a good derby but like did i embellish the headbutt at all like i don't think like, so. I, not that i remember no yeah like in like in the liverpool game or like or like the top was it the tottenham menu yeah like this is over embellished like oh that, that was ridiculous did. by uh, the way that's so too newsworthy bad. though no talking yeah. newsworthy okay, stuff sorry, on sorry. this show go, go i'm gonna move on rob smith and christian hoffler Royals Falcons back in the day, which was pretty sweet. Those back in the day when I started the first like five years I played men's prem, it was always we lost every year to the Royals in the league and came second every year. And then we sort of trailed off as a as a power every year we lost them. But what a friggin rivalry it was. I remember uh, Rob Smith scoring like a half old guy bicycle where it's like not really a bicycle but kind of a bicycle from like 30 yards out to tie and we went ballistic absolutely ballistic it was just what a rivalry intense you also you also scored one winner in a in your dad's tournament and it was one nil and you scored the winner you took off your shirt and threw it on the ground and your mom yelled out steven put your shirt back on it was like <laughs> the greatest moment ever even like the royals guys just laughed it was like what are you doing but it was a great goal that's true. You, I think yeah. you mentioned that on another show, but, and we, yeah. yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was in my dad's tournament. That was an intense one too. It was like 9am on a Saturday morning and it was, <laughs> it was like a Fernabache Galatasaray match. Yeah, it yeah. was good. Those were awesome. Love those ones. Rich Mullen came in with a Southampton v Portsmouth. Very underrated, very underrated Derby there. Yeah. Um, you know what? The Mullen brothers, like they're just Southampton mad. They'll say anything. They're like drug addicts for Southampton. They'll just say anything, whether it's true or not. I'm not <laughs> sure I believe them. Sorry, yeah. guys. Well, they last, like, they're in, I mean, Portsmouth's in League One. Southampton's in the Premier League. They played last year in the League Cup. Southampton won 4-0. So that was that last derby of that. Yeah. Les Escobar. Colo Colo versus Universidad de Chile. I probably butchered that with Maritimo. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's a big one in Chile. Uh, they played September 6th. It was 1-1. Uh, that's one I'd love to have a look at. Yeah. Boca River, we mentioned that on the show. That yeah. was from Louis Riel Soccer. Yeah. Um, they Joe, tied Joe this Fournier. year. Yeah, yeah Joe they, Fournier. They, they tied 0-0, and uh, River played 1-1-0, and both times they played each other. Wow. Uh, Paul McCallum, Everton-Liverpool. There's a... Uh, a big one coming up this weekend. So that has uh, yeah. some. Can't wait. Yeah, that'll big be a good one. Ghost rivals. 
Yeah, Andrew Gilchrist came in with the old firm derby, which is also this weekend, which is going to be sick. And that uh, one, uh, we did a Twitter poll. That one won the Twitter poll. That had the yeah ball. as the best derby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. P. Mullen, do you guys know that the fuller name of this guy? P. Mullen came in with the Manchester Derby, yeah. which is uh, on uh, December twelfth. Ryan Nelson came in with the North London Derby, Spurs Arsenal. That's on December fourth. If anyone's interested, can we talk about Ryan Nelson for a second? He's in the uh, Snobs Fantasy League, and I think he has the best name because his name is um, Ryan Nelson. That's his name, and his yeah. name is Ryan Never Losing, like ne- like Leverkusen. It killed me. That's <laughs> he, actually really laugh, good. His laugh, yeah. is one of the greatest laughs of all time. Just putting it out there. It is true. I I'll like I'll kick myself in the nuts to make him laugh. <laughs> yes, it's so good. So the last one, and I think was one that we kind of forgot. It's very British, but still comes from our. Uh, our special man, Alex Zaslavsky, came in with a West Ham Millwall. Which you, know, is, uh, you know why? Alex can comment on those because he has like a pedigree of going to all these games. Like he's, He has some great stories. He just goes to Manchester, Manchester sometimes and just goes to see a game by himself. I have so much. He is a legend. He, like, yeah. He's going to die a legend. Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent. So that's that with that. So thank you for uh, for the um, the info there, uh, listeners. That went well. And the stuttering. But, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like we were signing off. I'm like, okay, fellas. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Thank you for that. Keep those coming if you want. I mean, I'd love to go over these some more. I mean, I'm sure there's hundreds more we don't even know. I think the uh, the turkey ones must be nuts. Hey, we didn't talk about that last show. I I, I want mine still. Of course, Celtic Rangers and my family's Glasgow, but Boca, like seeing that stadium river, is I would pick as my top to see, maybe because it's more foreign to me yeah. than Scottish. But the turkey ones, good call. Like yeah. I got some I got some uh, actual messages that weren't on social media, Mark, and it was a couple people saying like they're absolutely fanatical. And it was just like random people saying like turkey. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think that's no. a definite top three. I know Jay Bindi, I think he's been to a game and he is half Turkish um, and he, uh, he's, he's gone to some academy there and he said like it is like they're frothing, they're singing, it's constant, it's the, the noise level is just like too intense, too uh, intense. Like, yeah, I, I, I you'd that. be afraid almost, you know? Yeah. Remember Graham Sunis planted the flag at midfield? Like what cojones does he have to have yeah. the fans like that? Like that. The worst part is, is the flag wouldn't take. Like it wouldn't <laughs> shimmy into the grass. So he tried like seven <laughs> times. It was like the field was frozen and he just couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, I love it. But hold on. We got it. That, that flag story reminds me of Tom's and it, it, we're talking about Darby's. Tom yeah. uh, Carlton versus um, Algonquin, and yeah. it's at your home at Carlton Mark. And well, tell Tom you guys had it was the Tom grass Hoof. fields. Tom Bastion, yeah, our show sponsor. Exactly. Like this is why he's tenacious, and I would hire him for anything because he just just is nuts. So the, you guys had the grass fields, which is beautiful, by the way. Um, and your stupid football turf is is awful. But um, the the flags at the at half, which Fair enough, but they were like in with like they're in like, like a knife, like put in properly. 
and Tom got tackled from behind. He always had problems with his ankles, so that was a trigger for him, and someone kind of got him. He falls outside, picks up the flag on his roll up, like on his way up from the tumble, and picks up the flag and, like, picks it up and, like, is, is, is threatening the guy, like, puts the blade close to his nose. It's like... <laughs> Everyone was like, what the hell just happened? And he just walks off, knows he got the red and just walked off. Like, he, he accepted any punishment of there. It was worth it. Like, everyone saw him like, oh, my God. That was amazing. Like, Yeah, it was happened. one fluid motion. The yeah. fall yes. into yes. the flag, into, like, the like the spear position. Like, it was yeah. it was insane. Yeah. It was and like Cobra like his... Kai. His sensei taught him how to do that. And he, was, and he held it back. Yes. It yes. was like Daniel LaRusso, like, I can't. I'm better than this. And his excuse, Steve, remember? We're like, yeah. Tom, why would you do that? Who puts, a court, who puts a flag at half? He blamed the flag being at half for <laughs> that not, action. Not his fault. That, that's amazing. God, Tom's so, special. Topics. couple topics we're going to talk about today. I want to reiterate to the listeners, to the soccer snob nation, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that Stephen Jay and our guests that we have never know the questions or the topics. They're never prepared. I don't send them a list. They come in completely blind, which makes our show unique in the fact that they're thinking on their feet and they're giving honest, quick, replied answers. And that is what sets us apart from everywhere else. And I want to continue to reiterate that on, on a lot of shows because that's easily forgotten because the, the answers oftentimes are heated or emotional or, or even eloquent, but uh, it's all off the cuff. So real, real respect to you guys. Um, we were talking about derbies. I'm going to stray from the derbies just for a second before I circle back, but club versus country. We briefly mentioned it in like show one or something, but given the international break right now, that's boring the crap out of everybody club versus country. What's better and why? And I know it's an easy club way better. So internet, but think about during that month of June and July, when you're immersed in a world cup, is there anything better? Um, I'll go first, and I, you guys are going to kill me for this, and, but I have to say that I've been to two World Cups. And so I can talk from the horse's mouth on this. The one in Korea, it made me want to work in soccer for the rest of my life. It changed the way I saw everything, and uh, just the feeling and seeing all those people and the emotion and the, the sounds, the drums, the countries like you know drinking with each other after and i was celebrating till seven in the morning till after when korea beat italy in that game and old men hugging me like they couldn't believe that korea did that it was like crazy and then fast forward taking my son to uh, uh russia to see uh england versus colombia and like it was insane it was just like i'm sitting beside all these americans and because no Eng english people were terrified to go because they would get killed by the russians but they're like from all over the world they're there so it's like you know it's not that it's a it's a different feeling i know steve and i we went to man uh, you know liverpool to see man united liverpool it's just obviously it's electric liverpool there seeing you'll never walk alone but there's not that you don't get to mix with the other fans 
Yeah. And I think that's the difference between the World Cup. World yep. Cup, you mix with the other fans. You, you There's a camaraderie there. You joke around. And it's like no one's really like dying on the cross for their country. But then there's passion there. But it's not like it's not like the club. The club it's is a like celebration. It's a celebration. The World Cup. Yes. I've been to one yes. as well. I went to two games yeah. in Germany. And like you were saying, I was out in the street at six in the morning chanting Togo Amazing. with the Togo fans banging on that, drums. There it is. Greatest there thing in the world. Steve, like I'm in a bad place right now in my life. You've both been to the World <laughs> Cup. I've never been to the World Cup. Jay was eloquent, like you said, Mark. I hate when he's eloquent and I have to follow up. And then you gave the Togo story. Like I don't have any Togo <laughs> stories right now. I feel hor- I'm not a soccer snob. It's terrible. I think Jay's right. I freaking hate saying that. I think the pinnacle of international soccer is very difficult to beat. I don't think you can because of that. What I would say as a devil's advocate is the current internationals right now, like I'm desperate for Scotland to finally get back to a tournament. I watched them play Israel the other day. I was right into it. 20 minutes in, I was bored. I hate admitting that. I was. The soccer was boring. Like they'll never match the level i think as we all know maybe some international teams get there because of familiarity in clubs and whatever it was bad and i hate to admit it and i was bored and i i actually went and got something at a store for my practice and came back like that i don't do that when i watch liverpool and maybe that's a a shot of myself and people can can rip me up and down for it so it's tough these international breaks like when it's like you know, Faroe Islands versus Iceland, you know, like, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it drags, but the pinnacle is, is unmatched. Exactly. Well, it's that lead up. It's that lead up of garbage and this and battling and playing games away in Slovenia yeah. and this. And then it's like that month where, when, how often do you see, even in the news, like, um, I don't know, for example, uh, Honduras against Burkina Faso. Right, like, right. when do those two countries even yeah, know yeah, about each yeah, other? Yeah. You never talk stuff. about them. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you're seeing this, and then you're, you've got your Panini stickers, and you're like, hey, you yeah. know, like this. Yeah. That month yeah. is just, it, there's nothing better. I don't I think care. The, like, I think the break also, like, it, it, it oftentimes comes in the midst of, like, champions league it's like champions league quarterfinals and you're you're all like you've geared yourself up you're all in it and that's like a two-week break and you're like england's playing faroe islands yeah and it's kind of like yeah yeah and then, yeah and then you come back to champions league semi-final you know yeah. so it's like the timing of course they have to fit it in a calendar is yeah. horrible and you're not going to match where you've been club to come back down to that yeah well, and I then we, salah gets hurt and he's out of the chain oh yeah i swear at the egyptian manager yeah. i'm like he's yeah. selfish he should know better <laughs> well yeah. it's also like i think we've talked about this before but like um the, the reason why club is better and I, the argument and raymond ryan says this all the time that that pep guardiola won two world cups because he coached Barcelona and there was the, the 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 crux of the team was all from Barcelona and the since communication is the first order they that communication was already sort of the DNA was already there for them set up for them to do well in in the World Cup because they knew each other like you didn't have to learn that and that's the hard part that's like that's the hardest part about those uh, those country managers because they 
they they have to they have to get that cohesion right because it's the number one. And so Pep did it. Raymond says Pep won with Bar uh, Barcelona, like he won the World Cup with Spain and Germany because he coached Bayern. They're all from Bayern. I and disagree. So I think that's I disagree with Germany. I totally, totally disagree. Really? A thousand percent disagree. Like that's giving Pep way too much credit. Joachim Lowe and the German program reset after they got smashed yeah. in one of the World Cups and whatever. I read a book, I think it's called da oh, I can't das remember. Boot. Das Boot or whatever, and it's, yeah, yeah. it tells the story. Joachim Lowe's been there for a long time. They set up their their youth to be to go with it and everything. Like, And I actually think the Germans are the ones who found the like, antidote to Pep in Spanish football. Like, They're yes. the ones yeah, who yeah. were able to break that monopoly. So in that yeah. respect, it's not you, Jay. I'm disagreeing with Raymond Ryan. Yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. Pep's getting way too much credit there. But to the point of communication and being a part, 100%. And that's yeah. what makes better national programs. Like, again, back to Scotland, the announcer was saying, like, you know, if you have this many different managers and Steve Clark's there now, but, like, what are, what are they doing at the youth levels so that when you get to senior level, you're like, this is how we play, this is our identity, this is what we do. So when you come back into that environment, you're, you're already familiar with that communication and, the, and that. And that, that makes a successful national team. I think if we did, like, if we coached a college team or a university team, I think – the first thing is I would try and convince you guys and I don't think it'd be hard to convince you or you guys probably have the idea first is it's a no-brainer. Get our entire college team to play for like St. Anthony's or Falcons or whatever. And like they play together the whole year. And so then we go to college, like the communication is there. Yeah. You know, it's hard for pe people who are outside the country or whatever, uh, the city or something. Yeah. Um, but like for the most part, you get that. And I think if you look back, Maybe that's why we were successful at Algonquin because we had a, a bunch of them that already knew how to play with each other, I guess. I don't know. That's true. That's anyway. true. They played, they played St. Anthony's. I think, uh, well, maybe we're veering off, Mark, from your topic, but the whole, like, setting up, it's the same thing with Canada, and I, I don't know if it was uh, Vic Router was talking about it. It was about how, you know, different coaches have tried to implement a style of play or system, and then because we're such a sparse country that you've got people implementing ideas in Montreal, Vancouver, Edmonton, Saskatoon, and like, so if there's a disconnect, and I, I and he said that I believe, and I and I would think Herdman's doing a good job of bringing that pieces together, that like uh, Canadian identity, giving us something. I I think he's a great recruiter. He's a very inspirational guy. He makes you feel Canadian, and you want to play on your program. Uh, that's that's massive, and it's totally yeah. No, I I've been on one of his uh, webinars, uh, two of them, and he's doing exactly what you're saying. Like he's creating. A culture and a, a language um, that is easy to digest for all coaches, and so that the DNA is there, and and so it, that's why there's success there. It's not like yeah. it's not like by mistake. Like oh, Herdman's just like he's successful because he knows how to create a culture. He knows how to communicate. He knows how to get people on the same page, and it's effective. Like it's I'm enjoying watching them play. And yeah. well, that's, I, how, I hard, how hard is it to go from? And how rare is it? I don't know. I can't think of an example of going from the women's to the men's, you know, like to be yeah. the head coach. Like, and let's just call it out. Like, and I'll call out young Steve O'Kane. Like, 20-year-old Steve O'Kane would have been like, women's coach? Now he's coming to coach me? Like, there's, got, there's probably some guys that were jerks like me that are arrogant about that. And, and that he won that over immediately. Like, his passion, you know, is... is he's a salesman and he's good at it. Like he's a, he's gives you that, like he's from New Zealand and he makes me feel like more of a Canadian. Like that's impressive to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. He coached yeah. in New Zealand. He's, he's actually, yeah, he's from Newcastle. 
but yeah, oh, he sorry, came, sorry, he's yeah, British yeah. and he and he went yeah, to yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, I knew yeah, that. No, but yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. This guy's like I couldn't ask for anything more. You can bring in all the the foreign coaches you want, but you bring this guy. He knew the landscape all, when you know the CSA landscape and how to maneuver through that complete and utter mess. You have a massive advantage, and that's why I think our program's. Uh, driving up real fast so speaking of the international is it hard to support let's say for example for me or steve going back to scotland uh i'm a i I, i'm a rangers guy and and steve's a celtic guy is it hard let's say for a a dan daganuti or an italian or a milan fan or whatever is it hard to support i know the english this is a big problem right like how do you support scotland for me when there's like four celtic players in the team that i cannot stand like steve go what, what do you think great great very good question and i'm going to like promote the O'Kanes in this answer because i think it's a great eloquent answer that i was given as a young lad and i, I and i'll just and i'll totally give my dad like massive credit on this I, young steve O'Kane, like celtic my all my cool cousins and uncles were like Celtic fans. I just wanted to be like them. I was like, ah, Celtic. And like Rangers had some guys on the Scottish team and, and Rangers played in Europe. And I was like, Rangers are crap. Rangers players suck. I don't like Scotland. I can't hate all the Rangers players. And my dad said to me, he's like, listen, he's like, you can support Celtic against Rangers and hate them. He said, as soon as Rangers go into Europe or Scotland play, you're a Scotland fan. He's like, you support your country. So even like, even the Rangers part kind of threw me. He's like, you support Rangers. You want Scotland to do well in the Europa League, European Cup. You want the country to do well and you support the national team that way. I thought that was a great answer. And to give some more background into my father, he was a Partick Thistle fan. So there's probably people out there saying, what the hell is Partick Thistle? It's the third team in Glasgow. You got Catholic Protestant and, and Partick Thistle. And that was who he supported. I thought like, you know, that's a nice outside perspective and and it's the right way to look at it i'm not saying it's easy but i think it's the right answer uh if i can add to that if you think about it like you know calvert lewin is that how you say his name but he like scored scored a beautiful beautiful header and like they all celebrated if the players don't care who the hell are you who are you you're you're like a pigeon you're a nobody (laughs) and you you care about you care about the that the players don't care if but sometimes you know, that, that's the I think that's part of Mark's question maybe like I think it's very rare very rare yeah. but they say like if you read about the or hear about the England golden generation yeah they the actually, Liverpool United they admit yeah. that that was that was part of the problem like it was like man you guys on their own Liverpool and like Rooney at yeah. first because he was at Everton was with them until he left like like that was part of the problem of a golden generation like why couldn't they just come together like they were incredible players yeah that's on the coach. I think it's top down. He has to create that culture and it's hard. I'm not saying it's Great easy, call. but that's, that's yeah. top down. You have yeah, to you're, create you're right. I believe yeah. the, uh, the Barcelona Real players prior to that world cup or euros and that when they started yeah. winning, I do think it was like, I think a, it was like a player. Like I think I read some about Puyol and Ramos or Casillas getting together and actually you can, see Puyol. you can see Puyol doing yeah. that. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Him. Would you do anything Puyol tells you to do? 100%. Yes. Ever? Million like if, percent. If he just came into this Zoom call right now and is and it's all of a sudden he's there and he says just to like jump out your window head for you have to do it. If he told me to stick one finger in, in one of his curls and just and just 
and just nestle and just play with his hair, I would be like, of course, I would do it. Perfect. Yeah. His hair, I love his hair. Yeah, he's amazing. So the derbies we spoke of, is there any in international soccer that's like an unmissable that you'd want to see? Like Brazil, Argentina, for example, like that's one you don't want to miss, right? 100%, yeah. What else yeah. is there? I know uh, it used to be England, Scotland, but I mean, that's, is that anything anymore? I think that suffers because they used to have the home nations tournament like every year, every two years where all the British teams played. And I think now Scotland, England, so infrequent, it's lost that sense of, of Darby-ness about it. I, that's a good question though, Mark. Like I, I want to think of like Germany, know, Japan, South Korea or something. Like, am I missing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Germany, Holland, Jay. That's a good call. Yeah. I read, I, I listened, I saw a couple, but they're all kind of lesser known and I've gone into even deeper and a lot of them are like, um, depending on the time, like politically charged. So like your uh, connection, Jay, like Croatia-Serbia, wouldn't that be like a oh. devastating game? Oh, yeah. I think they – did they play recently? Like it is so, so charged politically. It's just so much emotion, history in that. Like even um, – um, oh, what's his name? Plays for Liverpool. Uh, he, he just had COVID with Mane. What's his name? He played at Bayern. Short oh, guy. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, Thiago. No, no, the other one. The other one. There's two of them. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. He's been there. He's the left foot. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forget his name. Everyone's going to roll. Shakiri. So, Shakiri, yeah. he's Albanian. And so, he got, I think there was some persecution with the Serbs or something. Forgive me if I don't know exactly. But my father-in-law, like, loves Shakiri because Shakiri showed, like, uh, a, a certain flag or a symbol after he scored and the Serbs wanted to kill him. And my father-in-law was in heaven. He, yeah. Shakiri can do no wrong now. So yeah. it's even that, that little, like. Yeah. It's the politically charged that get yeah. it going. Like Ukraine, Russia, if they were to play right now, oh it would be devastating. And yeah. I even remembered this one in a world cup, oh. uh, Iran, USA. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. How politically charged, how yeah. amazing yeah. did it make that game? Yeah. Like that was yeah. the U S world cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, wait. No, no, no. no it was France. Uh, France, I think. Ninety-eight. Yeah. 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 And Iran won two-one. Like, yeah. I mean, oh, you can't get that in club. You cannot get that in club soccer. Mark, where give, like, give yourself some credit right now, Mark. That's a great pull and a great memory. That U.S. Iran. That's well, like, bought it. Yeah. And that's where it is for me. It's like international bores us, and we hate it for three and a half years in a row until that world cup comes and then you can't beat these games you can't that's true that's true so world cup this is a mark lapointe jay i'm a five-year-old question sometimes <laughs> i dream or i think or i'm in dreamland i'm like let's say me steve and jay are back and we take over um, we take over ecuador and we get to a world cup i don't know why i said ecuador whatever happy we take over a world cup now, we have a plot of land and a big building. How do we keep our players sane out of boredom? What do we have in there, J uh, Steve, especially you as a coach? Like, what do you build in there? What do these World Cup people have in their, like, fortresses? Because they can't leave. How do you keep players out of boredom? 
Uh, first of all, I'm so distracted because Jay's changing while we're answering this question. <laughs> and he just went off and off the screen, but he's back. Oh, oh my God, he just wow. put on an Ecuador shirt. No wonder. As if that's what you picked. That now, is, how now, do you have now that? It's official. Now it's official. I love when you said You Ecuador, got the job. That's yeah, it. I got the job. Jay just got hired. Yeah. Wow. How did yeah. that happen? Legendary. Yeah. That's a tough question, Mark. That's a very, very tough question because that derails teams and tournaments. Yeah, like, 100%. That's another one I've read about the English. And like, I think in 90 when they had Gaza, because Gaza was such a clown and a cut up, he was doing pranks and he was throwing people in pools and he kept people loose. So he, they had a character. And, and is it coincidental that they did so well in that World Cup? You know, it's definitely a small part of it, and and it helped them. Whereas other ones were, I think I read about Rooney talking about how bored they were, and then they just they just fizzled out. So, so it's an excuse to not win. What do you do? Yeah. The best you- one I read was about Germany in Brazil. They built their own resort. Exactly to your question, they built their own resort. They crafted and customized it so it was like open concept. They could mingle. They had different things like. You know, it's like, poor me, I'm at a resort. It could probably still get boring, but I think that was the best I've read preparation-wise. Yeah, yeah, the building from scratch, like movie theaters were in there. Yeah, yeah, it's and like, they like they were like prepping to, like, because I don't think any team had won outside of Europe and South America before, and then they did, so they like were prepping for that in advance. Like, that's total German, like, think through everything, and... I don't know. I won't bore everybody with all the details, but you're right. There was like movie theaters and all sorts of stuff. It was just, it seemed like a really well thought out environment. Yeah. Games, rooms, ping pong tables, snooker, like a whole thing of arcade games. Training pitches right there. So they didn't have to go all over. Yeah. yeah, And they had like, I don't know. I think it's a golf simulator in there. So they had to play 18 holes of golf together. They had reading rooms. They had, it was like exactly where, as if us three sat down and planned like, an ultimate uh, staycation, yeah. you know, like, and like we've been through on this with the road with fury, like where we wanted every second almost allocated for, because we don't want them to be bored or to, yeah. to their mind to go. Like I remember me and Jay walking through the hallway with a a la carte tray. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like stuffed bananas and like granola <laughs> bars. And we'd knock on the door and we'd be like, you know, peanuts, pretzels, like, you yeah. know, what? like it was, you do anything you can. And we were checking in too. We were like seeing how, what the mindset was because we need yeah. to be prepared. Steve needed to know what kind of speech and he needed to know what kind of, what he was walking into in the change room. You know what I mean? So we need to, we did a recon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Good. And but we- the humor again, like to my Gaza point, like your guys, you could through that humor into it with an a la carte tray and it just keeps people light, keeps people like, yeah. you know, in a good mood. What about family at a world cup or a big tournament? Do you think managers or staff should let family a visit or stay or stay the whole time? Or how, what would you do if you were a manager and like some super nerd player comes up and he's like, I'd really like my family to be here with me the whole time. Can I ask Jay a, a better question in that mode, please? Yes. Okay. And then you can answer Mark. It's in the, you will answer Mark's, but. Do you keep your players from having sex for a month? I was thinking the exact same thing. No, I want them to have sex. Why? 100%. I want them to be with their wives. And I, I think it's like, because it's, I mean, 
you want them to feel as relaxed normal. and as normal as possible. Yeah. So Mark, you're the same. Your wives. You're the same, Mark. Yeah, I'm. I for me, I so I went on two minds on this, where I'm like, <laughs> I want the family there because it probably relaxes, but. You know, then it puts, okay, let's say I want my family. 30% of the team want their family there. Now the 70% of the players who want to have a fun boys this, I want to play arcade games. Like now they're under pressure from their families because Cecilia is there with him. And then, and now maybe, uh, you know, now maybe they aren't as ready. So it's almost like you either have to do it or you don't. Okay. What if you do it? As a coach, but you control that. You say you can see your family. You can have like conjugal yes. visits for whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and then, like there's trailers for them. This is how I think it's happening. And not even in their rooms. They're conjugal. And then at like eight o'clock, all the families go. Like yeah. they, have, you know what I mean? They have their time. They, they you give them like five hours, four hours, whatever. And then you're like, no. But then at this time, it's back to. Us. Yeah, I guess it's like you could have them for like a three or four day stay and then they're gone for the rest or, you know, yeah, like, like, or they come, yeah. I don't know, yeah. you know, into the trailers. <laughs> the, the, oh, I'm wow. just seeing like a gas station bathroom key getting thrown at someone <laughs> like, here you go, you know, it's awful. Nasty. It's awful. Yeah. Your, t your turn, Puyol, you came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I figure like that's the kind of stuff I uh, I think uh, about in my uh, weird, in my spare weird. time. Yeah. Like, if I were to get this masterpiece built like the Germans did, who else would buy it other than Bastion and Ferguson for you? No matter where it is in the world, they will fly and get this done for you. Bastion and Ferguson will stab the competition with a flag. Okay. <laughs> Tom's been there. He's done that. It's just going to happen. So if good. you're in the Philippines, contact us. Tom will help you out. He knows. <laughs> can, so, we, can we? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mark. No, no. Go ahead. Ferguson got back to us. Yes. We have heard from Ferguson. Yeah. And, uh, and he seems like a real stand-up soccer guy. So we're going we're gonna to plug Ferguson as well. He will stab you with a flag if he doesn't get you the right price. So use these two, amazing, okay? To create the custom job you want in the World Cup facility, who are we looking at? True Build Limited. These guys will build you anything. They'll build you the dirtiest conjugal visit trailer <laughs> that you want ever, okay? Or a fence, PVC or composite to keep out anybody else that you don't want coming in just call them get it done these are soccer guys they're athletes these are the ones you want working for you not the joe blows athletes they know work ethic love it next thing the talk of teams and is there a place for family is there a place for steve is there a place for jay change rooms and benches these are sacred places in soccer when you're a staff is there anything more annoying let's go to the sunday league sunday league old timers league whatever when there's somebody's friend standing or sitting at the bench with you that not many people know and he's like trying to get into the banter like is that acceptable 
anytime. Never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever. No. I'm going to bring up a, a like potential road story or example from us when we were coaching the Fury and the bus driver came and sat on the bench. <laughs> yes. and, and then we were rattled because the guy's got to drive us home like 16 hours and we can't make an enemy. And he's just sitting there and he's trying to get in the banter and he had the worst banter. Like he was like World War II quotes and people were just staring <laughs> at him. Even worse, he started warming up the keeper. I know. I was just oh, going oh, there. Sorry, then, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> then he goes to the keeper and then he goes behind the net and he's shagging balls and sweating and yeah. and sprinting in like Kmart black shoes, <laughs> like corrective shoes he was wearing and like corrective shoes. <laughs> kick, oh my God. <laughs> and he's kicking the ball back with like oh the inside of his big toe. Like, oh, it was the worst moment yeah. in my soccer life. Not it even was bad. Coaching. It was terrible. It's like, no. I uh, may have been. I can't remember exactly Who? where. Seacoast? Yes, it was Seacoast because he came when he came and sat down on the bench. I think two of our like real top players who were going to come in off the bench that game were sitting on the grass because he took <laughs> up like two and a half spots. And we're like, they're like it was so ridiculous. Oh, it was so hard. I wanted to be like, like that, like military tough guy coach, like Cobra Kai leader, and be like, get off our bench. But like the guys, our lives are in his hand on the way home. Like for exactly. hours. Like, and he's so nice. He was just so clueless. You and know? He, was, yeah. he was such a nice guy. But I I'll, think you I'll, eventually I, did say something. I, I had to get him yeah. to move. I said it nicely. But it, this is like cathartic talking about it. As I feel like we, I never really did. And I feel like it bothers me a lot right now. It's a great question, Mark. So even in, in uh, old timers, is it is it unacceptable? Well, it's like yes. Who is it? Like, give me an example, and then I'll. I don't know. I'll... Uh, let's say someone on your old timers team. Um, who's on your old timers team? Like uh, I don't know, uh, Robin Ferry. Robin Ferry's buddy is from out of town, and he's there, and he comes and sits on the bench, and he's he's like talking to this guy, or like yelling at the ref, or or trying to get into the bench. Is that is that no, is that okay? stupid no it's not correct it's stupid he shouldn't be there and let's put it this way people who know the game don't ever do it even the ones who you like could do it like louis came to watch us last year he's an ot was injured and we like had almost registered him and he wouldn't come sit on the bench because he knew like i'm not here he was in the stands or on the other side of the field like because he gets it and he probably has the like trump card to to sit on the bench yeah yeah, no, it's true. And at Carlton, for example, I'm sure it was the same at Algonquin. It was the same oh. with PDL. It was a safe. It was like an earned place to be the change room, especially. Oh like, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't bring random people in the change room. That's like that's an earned, a very bigly, bigly, <laughs> very bigly earned place to be. Yeah. And uh, and that makes it feel special. If people are walking in and out, it's stupid. And. That leads to like a different point of like, like the hanger honors, you know, like that just want to come like that during practice. They're walking on the field like, hey, guys, you know, like what are you guys up to today? We got your session <laughs> or like before a game, they poke their head in like, hey, guys, uh, he goes today. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, know yeah. your role as a soccer person and three snobs talking to the, our listeners. Know your place. 
if you're not on the team, watch the game from the stands. Yeah. Simple. Talk, exactly. talk about yeah. it after. Talk about it after. Yeah. And I'm so like hyper focused. It's a it's it's my problem. But like even coaching like U tens, like I'm I'm setting up and stuff. I have a hard time making small talk before the session because I'm like, who's here? What space do I have? Oh, there's a water leak over there. I can't use that. I've only got three quarters of the field. Like I'm just thinking all these things. Yeah. And I'm the worst small talk person ever. Like I can't do. Yeah. I do a bad job of it. Like and it, it's it's my problem. But just like leave me alone till after. And then fast forward though, people like all the players on PDL or Algonquin teams are listening to this. They're calling BS in a part because we would show up to the games and training like an hour and a half before. That's standard. All because we love this so much. We set up. And then like, like 20 minutes before we go outside on the pitch in the change room, we're crying, laughing, joking around, <laughs> um, doing some stupid juggling game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and the players, I know some players mentioned that they love that. They love the, like, what are you guys laughing about? We're like, what are you talking about? Like inside. Because we were prepared. Because like exactly. you said, we were already exactly. prepared. Yeah, I, we're already prepared. It's a, but it's a good point. It's true. But if somebody came in and we're doing the dumbest thing in the world, we're like, like trying to kick each other in the balls with like uh, a soccer ball. Like we're trying to, and then somebody comes in, it's like, hey, you want, what are you doing? We're, too, we're busy. It's true. But, <laughs> but we're doing the dumbest thing on earth. But because yeah. we're already prepared, of course. Yeah, you're right, though, Jay. That's a good Yeah, it's like. Well, we're going to flip the switch here to another new segment. And it's called listener questions. I know Steve received a couple of questions and it's off the rails of what we've been talking about, but I want to make sure we acknowledge any question we get from any listener anytime will be read on our show under this segment. So I'm going to start it off and I think it's good. It's a good one with all the turf being built. And this is from Ottawa regional boys on Instagram. Okay. I don't know who it is specifically. Yeah. Maybe Steve knows. I don't but, know the name of the person, though. No. <clears throat> okay. With all the turf and dome being built over the past few years to accommodate winter programs, does practicing in the gym reduce the quality of a program? Most parents seem to believe that. What are the coaches' opinions on that? Me and Jay kind of just had a, a WhatsApp back and forth about this yesterday. So I'll throw it to Jay. What do you think? Yeah. I think, uh, and I agree with you, Mark, because I'm a huge futsal fan, and I can back that up by my kid playing futsal since he was like four or five. So, um, and me myself growing up playing futsal. But I think just being in a gym forever limits you because to defend in a gym is a lot easier than defending an 11v11. And to that communication, 11v11 defending or 9v9 is a million times harder than a 4v4 or 3v3 at a gym. So I think as you get older, I think it's important to, and things get more serious, I think the investment in having a training in a dome is more valuable. It adds more value every single time. No, I still think there's value of uh, futsal. I do. Uh, in, in a gym. So kids, I think young kids, I think spending hundreds, and I'm guilty of it too, spending hundreds uh, putting them in a dome every single time um, is, is, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way, but the, the gloss and the, the shine of it 
it lures a lot of parents who have no clue what they're talking about or doing. I agree. So I agree with you to a point. I just think, I just think, you know, like coaching Fury, like we're always in the smaller, in the thirds, we'd go to like Seacoast, for example, and the, the, the team was well coached. It was like a former Liverpool player. I forget his name or a guy from Liverpool. And I remember coaching against him. I was like, Oh my God, I'm out of my depth here. And like, just the coach, it's hard, it's hard. Like we're not used to like in training in a 77 or a four V four plus one. It's like, it's so easy to, 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 to defend as a, as a group. Cause so you're so much closer to each other physically. And so when you go to bigger, uh, a bigger 11 v 11 it's 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 harder to to do so that's that's why i think having some 11 v 11 time which is crazy expensive it's like almost a grand to do that for an hour and a half i guess but it's like we're in canada i don't know i don't know what the solution is yeah steve do you think the parents don't like the gym um yeah i want to touch on the that original question i and i i do think it's seen i think it's a great question by whoever ottawa regional boys is yeah. Uh, I I would I totally think parents think oh dome versus gym gym is pathetic it's it's bush league I think that's there I think that's wrong uh, it's funny how Jay's mind goes right to the like the actual coaching aspect and I got I, I think administratively a little bit like so what is the like your point is is bang on eleven v eleven gym time communication outside how many times are you playing eleven v eleven these programs are all a third or a fourth of a dome so you're not playing in a space any bigger than a gym anyway and in that point you're only playing on turf as opposed to on a gym floor that'd be the only difference like if I'm thinking of the U ten boys I'm at we're not playing even seven v seven we're across a field so what's the difference for my boys just the turf which is cool and semantically looks better, but there's not to me much more of a benefit. So to answer this person's question, I think it's, it's, it's gone way too far. And if going in a gym is also going to reduce the cost and I think it's worth it. And if being in a gym enables all these kids, especially at the younger ages, the whole futsal piece, I think it's then even more valuable and should be done. And I also think like having walls and different pieces, like it just promotes creativity, thinking outside the box. So like, I think overall it's, it's, you, you're fine in a gym to Jay's point coaching wise, as you go and you, if you gave more space for seven V sevens, nine V nines, 11 V 11s, it's totally worth the difference. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. I just think, I guess I'm reading into his question, but I, I do think, that it's silly for parents if you're listening to have a negative stigma of a gym. If you've yeah, got a yeah. dome and a gym twice, uh, you know, once a week each, twice a week, like accept them both as equal parts of developing your son or daughter. Yeah. Like don't, you can't look at a gym uh, and just, and be negative about it. There's so many things you can do in a gym that will benefit. Isn't and, it unless, first world? First world problems. Like we're talking yeah. about a gym, like yeah. give me a break when you look. And then the, these same parents will probably do like we do and post about kids in South Africa playing in the favelas and, and with a sock ball and say, we don't have that. Well, because we're looking down on a gym, like give yeah. me a break. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And also I didn't add to that. Some people, some clubs, they put 150,000 kids in a gym. And it's like, yes, that's it's like, okay, you just destroyed the value of the gym. Like 12, that, is, 12 is too many. 12 yeah. is too many. Yeah. 10. 10 is probably a good number to That's have right. in a high school gym. 
That's Otherwise, right. like now you're now you're counteracting, you know, all those things. A you're million to percent. Yeah, you're I right. had to deal with that, and it's hard. Yes. It's hard having yes. twenty three kids in a gym. Now, you, I mean, you, it's just it's impossible. And no, it's now not. the club now the club's making money because it's thirty five bucks uh, a time to go in the gym for two hours. I'm sorry, right. someone someone's making money there. Yeah, it's it's tough. So I'm gonna quickly switch over to the next question, which this can be like an entire show on its own. But let's rip through it because it kind of parallels with the uh, top 10 list that we sent out a couple weeks ago. Can you guys talk about the best Ottawa youth teams of all time, as well as the best men's teams? Who played there? Why were they best? So I'm just going to quickly throw out the easy one. The uh, best men's team, Gloucester Celtic, it has to be. They've won a national title and uh, no one else has around here in this Not city. True. Not true. Yeah, St. Anthony's, no? St. Anthony's. Oh, well, St. Anthony's, I mean, yes. Well, we're they talking won just question. about, yeah. What do you mean? They, they did you, were like, you were a big shot there, Mark. Like, you're the only one who knew the answer. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know what? I was so, I'm so Royal-centric. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, yeah. I can't see the Royals because they never did what Gloucester Celtic did. But yeah. then I remember that St. Anthony's team that won 17 trophies in one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did yeah. they won the World Club Championship, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, so those are two two of the easy ones, right? I mean, they won the national championship. They also won the Canada Cup against pro teams. Yeah, and I think they the won best. something else, too. To me, they're the they? best. Yeah, they did. They, but to me, they're the best. I, I yeah. think they're the best. This yeah. is such a good question. I'm actually mad you asked it because I remember this coming in. Like, it, it's a show. I want time to research. I'm not prepared for this. <clears throat> It's my nerdiness coming out. It's such a great question. And yeah. then I would go St. Anthony's. I don't know. What was the, what was the question? Teams, clubs, what? Yeah, best men's teams, like who played there. And that's like, yeah. that St. Anthony's club really benefited from the Francophone games. Yes. The, uh, the players that stayed in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. Urbain, These Song. guys were a players. different stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. L.A., Alan Papotsky, A. Bosman, Louis Lagakis, uh, Urbane, though. Urbane, Urbane, Urbane yeah. Urbane, Urbane was in his Urbane prime. Was different class. Oh, he was And awful. that keeper. What's that keeper? Dabra. Dabra. Oh, couldn't score on that guy. No, that guy's yeah. incredible. That guy is, that team was unbelievable. I, yeah. I, I want to give credit to all these other generations. I'm, I'm all afraid, like, friends are going to remind me things, and I'm going to, but, like, well, I'm going to end at that because that's, that was such a good team. Yeah, it was. And the best youth team of all time we've touched on, I think, is that Steve's Fury group with the Eddies and Kennys in them. Like, you, you, there's never been a class out of Ottawa that good, ever. I like, as arrogant as, as it is for us to say that, I think they're definitely in the convo. I, I, I think we need more time to think and research others. I think OSU, of course, have had some. And I think it's the best because it produced so many D1 scholarship players and professionals. Um, but I'm definitely forgetting other generations, 100%. What about the Gunners? The Gunners. The, the Gunners. Huffman, Dasa, yeah. Dasa, Rich Verano, Pavel. Pavel, Like, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be arrogant to say that. Like, that's from my perspective because it's my world, but there's others. Great pull, Jay, by the way. The Gunners, Gunners were so like, good. That was ridiculous. Straight. <laughs> yeah, was... yeah, so these, these are ones we can ponder and yeah, yeah. ask other uh, listeners to post on the social media site. Like, what's the best men's team ever? What's the best youth team ever? What oh, created yeah. the best crop? I mean, the best women's was it Danielle Vela's? Uh, oh, that Royals team was yeah. unbeatable. Yeah. Noel yeah. Trepanier. Like, yeah. What a team. 
Yeah, no, for you sure. got to give the Royals a shout too. Like those guys dominated, and they oh, yeah. they, they should have had they should have had three or four Ontario Cups and a yeah. couple Nationals with yeah. that group. Like yeah, they should have. They, they they were ridiculous. But so. that team, yeah, that Bella team. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That team won everything. Good, man. They, yeah, and they yeah. had like a like I always say, Dan Diganuti for me has like this air of like being cool. Like every time I saw that team, they were intimidating. They had swagger. Yeah. Like I was yeah. always like, they're cool and they're good and they're like yeah. walking around on clouds. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. And they're all better looking than you, Steve. That's why oh I was my like, God. <laughs> yes. And I was like, who am I? Like, I've got a crooked nose and teeth and like, yeah. God. Yeah. Had, so that's a great question. Time. Thank you, Ottawa Regional Boys. Keep the questions coming. We'll talk about them. We will. Uh, I mean, there's nothing will stop us from interaction with the listeners. Rapid fire. Steve, going first. Jean jacket or leather jacket? What's cooler? <laughs> Leather jacket. Jay. Yeah, I think I'd have to go leather, but jean jacket is a very close second. If you can pull off a jean jacket, so you, you are cooler. That's what but I was a leather jacket fits more people. Yeah, yeah. Is that fair? I'm like on the verge of buying one. That's why like, I hesitate. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Ample. How excited... Out of 10, how excited out of 10 did you get when your gym teacher said you were playing soccer baseball? Nine. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm a soccer snob to, to the core. I just wanted to play soccer. I hated everything else except for like, ba I like basketball and stuff like volleyball, but like anything like baseball. I hate baseball. Anybody who plays baseball is not an athlete. They're but Jay, loser. do you not remember that feeling? That everyone in your class knew no. you were a soccer player. So yeah, when it was your time I to know, kick, maybe. the yeah, pressure was bigger than a, a World Cup fifth shooter yeah. final. Because <laughs> you can kick properly. I yeah, always, if, Steve knows me. What do I always do when I'm at bat? Bunt. I always bunt. Stupid. Yeah. You bunt? Like, come yeah. on. I know. I always You're bunt. the only kid in your school. I would always kick it with the outside of my right wow <laughs> and bend it into like left, right field left field whatever like loved it loved it always backfired for it. me i just tried to hammer it and it would hit like a nerd in the face and then <laughs> no one liked me and then i got nowhere i wasn't on base like it always backfired so a bunt might have been a better but idea so like, good because it creates a lot good. of chaos it creates chaos yeah. you know what it creates also it creates it can keeps your like mythicalness of being a good soccer player, like <laughs> yes. so good to even kick it. You bunted it. Yes, yes, that's yes. <laughs> fantastic. I just in between where the back catcher and the pitcher lie, just right in the middle. So they're like, who goes? And it's like, and I'm already like, some I sacrifice so somebody else can get like, like a great oh. first touch. You just put a yeah. nice crisp first touch down in there. Yeah, yeah wow. exactly. I'm also mad though. Like, how did you not like? I love soccer baseball. So yeah. fun. I feel like I'm we need to challenge another podcast to a soccer baseball game when this is all done that's a great call that's a great call i know they're very close friends and they're hardcore italians but if you were to ask who makes a better cappuccino felice fornieri or alan papazzi oh, 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 oh. that is like the impossible question i'm gonna say felice because I think Alan is just 
he he gets other people to make it for him more than he makes it. And I think Felice just is just gets his hands dirty. He makes his own and he serves others more. That's Sorry, it. Alan. I love you to death. I think you're a far better soccer player and you deserve respect in that. Far better. Sorry, Felice. He's just different class. Actually, Alan is like one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. But I think for the cappuccino, it's such a great question. Felice, for sure. And, and you know Here, what, Bello. Here, Bello. Take it. Look at this. I want to take care of you. Yeah, Jay, you, you – there has never been a more perfect answer to a question than that. You're right, <laughs> Felice. And – at the end of the day, Esther is going to make it for Alan. And so it should be <laughs> Esther versus Felice. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. And I it like that. I, I agree be. that that was the best question, the best answers to a question since we started. Yeah. This historic 15th episode. <laughs> no one cares about <laughs> Would you rather, <clears throat> you're camping in Australia. Australia is key in this question. You feel something in your sleeping bag down at your toes would you rather would you rather it be a slithering snake of unknown species or feel five spiders of unknown species it's almost impossible that's almost impossible i uh, i'll go snake uh, i don't know i don't know uh, i'm gonna go snake and i don't really know why I'm going to do spider because I don't think they bite right away. A snake, I think if it's like feels threatened and it's in a corner like of your bag, you're done for. I think it's going to bite you. I think spiders because they're just like gently walking and I, I'd like just be, I'd like, I'd try and be calm as possible. But I hate this question because it's like so hard. What's your first move? Are you slowly <laughs> shimmying yes. out or do you zip out like frantically like a maniac? <laughs> <laughs> I'd want I'd want to do it slowly, but I don't think I'd have I don't think I'm strong enough. <laughs> I know it was like when you asked the question, I'm like, oh, there's another option, but I'm flip my feet are going like 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 quick, 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 like a little motorboat and I and I'm out. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely yelling like, like for, sure, for sure. For sure. You know what, Jay, you're having such a good episode. Like I'm enjoying you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I the, need a good one. The shirt flip to the to Ecuador is oh. going to go down in, in, in folklore of this. I just this. can't believe I had that. You called out Ecuador of all the countries. Yeah. I'm like, like, I love it. It yeah. made me feel like, like for like a 13 second interval <laughs> of my life that I was staffed by Ecuador soccer. But the best part is I wasn't listening to the question. So I couldn't even talk about the question at all. You notice I didn't answer the question because I had no idea what you guys were talking yeah. about. You know <laughs> what? That's happened quite a few times so far. Steve left for like 20 minutes and me and Jay are talking about Serbia, Croatia. Like Steve, dis Jay disappears for a clothing change. Like this is the toughest episode we've ever done. You're running the show, Mark, and you're doing a great uh, job. Speaking of running the show with someone, would you rather live with for two years in a one-bedroom apartment peewee herman or tiger king peewee herman peewee oh. Pee herman i know really? it's he annoying he's he gave me nightmares growing up that guy <laughs> but i i think i would like be able to boss him around a tiger king i think is just off the rails like he's just Pee Wee Herman, I think I'd be like, I'd be able to reason, have some reason with, like, yeah. and maybe he is like, it's he's his character, and he would he would come out of character with us. Yeah, yeah, that's Damn. true. What if Tiger King said, "I can have a tiger in the house as well, 
and he's never gonna bite anybody. No. Would you want to? <laughs> would you want to pet like no tiger in no. the apartment? Uh uh-uh. uh Not no. even. If I know that. No. With a muzzle. No. And Tiger King's a hoarder. I don't want to live with a hoarder. He's disgusting. And the Pee Wee Herman looks like a little bit put together. Me. He might clean up after himself. <laughs> tiger King's disgusting. My favorite is I'd I could like toss Kiwi Herman around. <laughs> yeah, <that was> <laughs> okay, last one. Uh, back to the Fellaini and Deitch. We've missed that for a while. I feel like we've missed it. And with Halloween coming up, staple Halloween game. Would you rather Bob for apples in Fellaini's hair grease or Deitch's sweat? You're bobbing for apples in one of the two. You have to. It's your son's Halloween party. I think Fellaini is overall a cleaner person. Overall. So I'm always going to choose Fellaini. Why? Why is he cleaner? I just think he's Belgian. He's, he's just cleaner. He's not like, no offense to the Scottish, but they're just like, they're like, he, Daish is a pure guy. Like he's not cleaning up after Fellaini is his guy. He's in that generation where he's like a millennial almost. So he's like, he's, he's just refined. He cleans up after himself. He's like, you know, he takes care of himself. Yeah. You're really having a good show. I'm convinced it's Fellaini. <laughs> it's so <laughs> I can't argue. I was going to go the other way and I wanted to be mad at you. And then now I'm like, that's a Dice great answer. A you man. got me. He's a man. You got me when you said he's in the generation that cleans. <laughs> I don't even get it. And I'm winning. Yeah. All right. Quiz. Oh, God. Jay is, is only one behind now. If you know Jay what? nails this, it's a tie game. You know what? Like, I was really upset after the last show because of the quiz. But I have to give Jay so He's like a dirty Eastern European <laughs> playing like, the Price is Right game to sneak his way back through. And like, I respect how he's doing it, but because I was gutted last show, I'm like, Mark didn't count it right. And the, da, 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 like, it's scary now. I have to, you are a trivia genius. Like you go to trivia things. Hold on. This is like, I can't compete. No, no. This is part of you, your dirtiness. You're you're trying to put me on a pedestal. Like no matter what happens, you shouldn't win. And if you do win, now it's like a mo- like it's like you're the U.S. beating Russia in 1980, like in the hockey Olympics. This is, oh my god! No, I'm not yeah. that like good. No, it's not. Just you ask are, a but, question mark. Okay, go. It's a uh, Zlatan question. Oh. How many club only club goals? Has Latan scored in his career? Oh my God! Simple question. I'll gi- I can give okay. a hint if you want. It's not a hint to the. No, 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 no. Just. I want to go last. Go. I want to go. I don't want to. I want the dollar thing out. I, I want to go last. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go. Six hundred and seventy-one. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> What if I said one goal? <laughs> I could win. I'm going to say 480. Okay. Now I'm going to just do this, Jay. If I had given you the hint, okay, you would never have said your answer. The hint was he's played 592 games. Okay. Shit. Okay. Yeah. So. Anyway, Steve came in. Yes. It was 371 goals in 592 games. 
Ooh, Isn't it weird it. though? It said six seventy one, and it was three seventy one. Does that count for anything? No, you're just grasping at straws. Yeah, stupid. If you were in my grade one class, I would say that's a good connection. <laughs> that you've noticed that there's ones there at the end, but you get no. Points. You know what Jay would say as a teacher because I know his molecules inside and out. He'd say close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> So good. <laughs> that's a so fantastic good. expression. It is, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. So that's that. That's the show. Show number 15. We are wrapping it up. Team 15. Team. Oh, boy. Okay. Yep. I guess. Okay. <laughs>